Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking how to get paid. And this episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. Okay, let's get this one started. Getting paid by the government isn't as easy as mailing in an invoice or emailing an invoice and then magically payment shows up. There's more to it than that. In some cases, companies have entire departments dedicated to this. The accounts receivable folks just to manage the processes that the government has to get paid. In most cases. (laughs) Yeah, in in mid-sized companies and up, I suppose. Yeah. So it's no surprise that the government has its own processes for paying its vendors and contractors. Before we get into all that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Carrie David. Carrie is the operations director at, of government programs at Fiberlight. They're in the Alpharetta, Georgia area. I want to thank Carrie for liking and sharing our podcast episodes and specifically for sharing our 8A graduation episode that was uh, number 281. When people like Carrie take the time to share our episodes, more people actually see them and we're able to help more people. So thanks, Carrie, for spreading the word on our podcast. Thanks, Carrie. We appreciate it. Okay, the good news for getting paid by the government is there's only a few different processes. The happy it's, few. It's not different with every office that you deal with everywhere. The easiest one is the purchase card. For certain purchases, up to a certain amount, for certain things, the government can use their purchase card. And that's that's the easiest, right? It's not even, you don't have to swipe it anymore. You or maybe you don't even have to tap it any anymore. You just enter the purchase card information and you're paid right then and there. We covered the government credit card, the government purchase card in episode 301. It's called the micro-purchase. If a GPC, a government purchase card, cannot be used, there's two main systems that the government uses to pay vendors. The first is the Wide Area Workflow, W-A-W-F, which is pronounced WAF. 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 <laughs> For some reason, yeah, exactly. Right. This is the DOD's system. Almost everyone else, every other agency, uses a tool called the Invoice Processing Platform, or IPP. You can find that at IPP.gov. Which sounds like what it is. Right. Versus wide area workflow does not sound like a payment portal. That, that wide area workflow name has been around for, for as long as I can remember. And I've never really understood what it was supposed to mean. It's, it's like one of those things that was named in the dawn of the internet when, when, when that, we're, that, we're, that, that yeah, was workflows thing. were a thing. I, but what's it? Anyway, worst name ever. Uh, they, they updated sam.gov to include just about everything to, to lump all these tools in there and got, they renamed things to make, make it more clear, but wide area workflow is still out there. At least invoice processing platform is named for what it does. All right. I'll quit complaining about the names. Why is it important that the government has these tools to pay contractors? Well, we know cash is king. Companies can go out of business if they don't get paid for their supplies or services in a timely manner. And that can be bad for both sides. Yeah, the government doesn't want companies going out of business, especially in the middle of a contract. One of the best ways to keep that from happening, make sure you pay them. <laughs> that being said, 
the government's invoicing and payment systems can be a bit daunting to learn. It, it's not like PayPal or Venmo or, or whatever, where one click and and poof, the the payment's complete. Yeah, they, they can be frustrating uh, and 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 time consuming for both sides, for government and industry. But before, it sounds like we're being all negative. The good news is, once you get it in place, they actually do work. I'll jump into the far here, not to illustrate in a good way, but to illustrate in a not not so good way. way. <laughs> FAR 32.905 is payment documentation and process. And it says payment will be based on receipt of a proper invoice and satisfactory contract performance. Paragraph B, I guess subparagraph B1, begins a proper invoice must include the following items. And then there's a long list of information that you need to include on an invoice. This is dinosaur invoices that we're talking about here, right? <laughs> the FARS the FAR still includes a part that tells you how to submit basically a paper invoice. Because th- if you think about the old days, contractors... Like the had, 90s? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, contractors, it's not that long ago. <laughs> the old days. That's, we're old. Contractors had their own invoice format. So in order to get paid, the government had to say, here's all the information you have to give us so that we know how to pay you, who, who you are what you're billing for and and how we're supposed to pay you. So the FAR lists out all these things and yet you, you had to go there and make sure that you include all the information or they would just reject your invoice and no, nope, it's not proper. And then the process starts all over again. Now, all of that information is included in these payment systems. When you, you load it in once, like who, your name and address, your cage code, other information, you never touch it again in, unless you need to, updated. So I think it's funny that the FAR still includes a very long section on how to submit a proper invoice. Just in case you didn't know what information is automatically included when you put it in the first time, there's the list. But it does also say that you have to make sure the information is correct or the government can bounce it back, which that's an important factor to be aware of as we're working our way through these systems. And one major improvement since the government has gone electronic here, and, and sadly, we're old enough to have lived through uh, the government going electronic here. You you generally get the rejection notice up front. You 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 fit. You can't actually submit it until you get everything right. Before you could submit it wrong a hundred times true. and get it rejected and have to submit it again. <laughs> now you get and the no, feedback gives, right away. Yes, it's instant feedback that you're not going to get paid until you fix this. Whereas getting that two weeks later, well, that gets frustrating. So it, it is better in that regard. So what are these systems? Both IPP and wide area workflow, WAF, are secure web-based tools that allow the government to, to manage invoicing from, from the purchase order all the way through payment received by the contractor. One of the key benefits for the government is these systems help avoid prompt payment penalties because it actually makes the invoice flow more efficient. There, there's a clause in your contract that says if the government doesn't pay you on time, the government has to pay interest. That used to happen. I remember getting invoices for contractors that, hey, you owe me interest on this. I, w- I wouldn't say that's totally gone, but it's a whole lot less because this is so much more automated now, right. which is good for both sides. Yeah. Not only does the system match payments to the, the right contract and right line items and, and Akron's, all of that's in the system. It also automates the approval and validation workflow so that from the time a contractor submits an invoice till the time it's paid, everybody that touches it 
is it's tracked when they did their job, who approved what. So everything is not only documented, but auditable. For contractors, it's good because you really only have to learn one system to work with almost every agency, or maybe two systems if you have DOD customers and non-DOD customers. But you really, once you figure out that tool, the job is much easier. You'll understand this if you're a subcontractor to many large businesses, like many of the large defense prime contractors, they all have their own versions of IPP or wide area workflow. They have electronic payment systems with very obscure and arcane rules of how how you have to enter information and who can be logged in and who has approval to do what. At least with the government, there's one or, or two systems that mostly stay the same. An obscure benefit of understanding these payment portals is it shows that if you're a prime contractor, you only have these two systems to manage. If you're a subcontractor, you have independent systems. That That's a case for being a prime contractor <laughs> in the government market is it's actually easier. And it's gotten so much easier in the years we've been doing this. Both IPP and wide area workflow automate the entire process. So the agency uploads the purchase order or the contract. And when you log in the system to submit an invoice, you invoice against that. You enter the contract number and you invoice against it. IPP does give vendors in some circumstances the ability to upload an invoice and the government can pay it without having a purchase order in the system. Basically, there's two paths. Either industry uploads it and the government matches to that, that invoice or government uploads it and industry matches to that PO. Either way, that, that decision is made at contract award. Once it's invoiced, As I described, the invoice works through this automated approval process to payment. And once it's in that automated process, the best part is that as a vendor, as a contractor, you can track the payment status online. You don't have to get on the phone and try to track someone down and say, (laughs) where's my money? Where's my money? Yeah, so it saves both sides time because not only are you not making that phone call, but nobody has to receive that phone call (laughs) because you know where to look and say, where's my payment? You can see it in the system. If it looks like the progress of your of your payment has stopped in the system, you can see which step it's stuck on and generally find the person that, that you need to poke so that they can push the right button or click the right button. As we mentioned, wider workflow is DOD only. IPP covers just about every other agency. We have a list of, I don't know, like 100 of them. <laughs> And they're, they're obscure ones, well, not obscure, they're smaller agencies like the National Park Service, but they're also larger agencies like the Small Business Administration and the Department of Justice and the Department of Agriculture and the IRS. I mean, it's a, there's lots of agencies that use this. So basically, it's wide area workflow or IPP are the, the two big ones. They're both as effective, just one has a better name. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to get off that. <laughs> no, I just, I can't get, I, I can't get any past it, sorry. Speaking of wide area workflow, it is a DOD specific system. And so it's expected you're going to use this wide area workflow system for DOD contracts. There are a few exceptions, things like classified contracts, or if you're in an austere environment where you don't have internet access, those kind of things. But for the most part, the expectation is if you have a DOD contract, you're getting paid through wide area workflow and not through IPP. The mandated use of wide area workflow is called out in a couple of DFARS clauses, Defense FAR Acquisition. No, Defense. Defense Federal Acquisition. 
<laughs> Defense Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement. That's what DFARS stands for. DFARS gives you a clause, 252.232-7006, Wide Area Workflow Payment Instructions. Whew, this will be in full text, not not by reference in your in your contract. It's could be the most important clause in the contract because it tells you how to get paid. There's a lot of magic codes that you need to know. <laughs> the payment office and the accepting office. There's a whole bunch of letters and numbers that are very specific that you have to key in exactly correct, exactly correct, into exactly. wide area workflow in order to get paid. And there's one little clause that that captures all that information for you. And this is important because this is how you automate the process. Is these code, once these codes match, then it automatically flows. But until they match, it it's frustrating. I think it's funny you said in, in, until they match. You have to remember that the payment office is not the same as the awarding office. Your your contracting officer is not involved in the payment process. For white area workflow, it's it's the defense what finance and accounting service. DFAS? Yeah, Defense Finance Accounting Service, DFAS, correct. They've consolidated these into payment centers. So your acquisition office probably doesn't know the people at the payment office. And sometimes they can get their wires crossed. Another potential complication is that the contracting officer is not the person that approves payment or interacts with the system, even though they're the person that, that gives you the payment information. And the primary person who approves the work getting done and, and moves this invoice through the system is going to be the core, the contracting officer's representative. Yeah, that's the person that accepts your work that that says, yes, this this work was performed, I will pay you for it. I just went through this recently where the multiple people involved weren't necessarily talking to each other or at least struggled to get the right information together. Like Again, make sure it all matches. We received a contract. It had payment instructions. When I went to submit an invoice in wide area workflow a couple months after the contract started, submit our first invoice. I entered all the codes and got rejected. Check the contract again. Is this code right? This code right? This code right? It's all matches the contract. Still rejected. Says I have the wrong office. Well, the government uploads the contract information into wide area workflow. What gets uploaded may or may not match what is in your contract. They, they, if they type the wrong number in your contract or a different number in your contract for payment codes or acceptance codes than what is in the system, well, you can't invoice. The funny thing is, in order to get wide area workflow updated, it requires a contract mod change. So get a modification, enter it again, still rejected. At this point, the contracting officer is as frustrated as me. She's beside herself with, I'm putting the information they gave me. I don't know why it's not. Anyway, it took three mods. It took us till, till modification three in a matter of weeks to get wide area workflow to match the payment instructions in the contract and allow me to submit an invoice and start the, the process of getting it approved to get paid. And the lesson here is that when you said, we submitted our first invoice. That's the key indicator of here comes a story because the first invoice is the hard one. Yeah. After this, it gets easier. Yeah. After the first one, the information is pretty much auto-populated. Once you enter your contract number, it pulls up everything. I have had circumstances where the payment office or some of the other information has Jeez. changed during the course of the contract and you have to wait for a contract modification to get it updated. But in general, 
the first one is the hard one. And just be prepared that it's going to take some time. It could take some time. could be a little frustration if you're the one doing it. Yeah, that's an indicator. I remember getting emails from a from a contractor that they weren't getting paid. And it was my role as a contracting officer to change the contract because the payment office changed. So that's a that's one of those things. The first thing to check if in the middle of the contract it's not you're not getting invoices approved, that, that's something that may have changed. A, a dress or a, a look, who knows? <laughs> something in all the what you call the magic codes. Right. All right, let's talk acquisition time zones, execution time zones. When does invoicing and payment occur? It occurs, of course, in the performance zone on the execution time zone side. This is after we've gotten a requirement and issued an RFP and selected a vendor and awarded a contract. Now we have to get paid. It's in the performance zone. If you're not familiar with the performance zone, we cover those in the execution time zones episode, which was episode number 84. All right, let's wrap up with some government and contractor specific comments regarding electronic payment systems. From the government side, simply put, a contractor can get paid without one of these systems, wider workflow or IPP or, or a similar process if you've got one. There are very few workarounds and most of them are, may not apply to your specific contract. As a contracting officer, understand that even though you're not the one that presses the button to, to actually pay the invoice, they're likely going to call you. I, I would, and I, and I got calls <laughs> from contractors because you're their point of contact. So the automated process is great. Understand enough about it to send them to the right person. And, and as the contracting officer, the right person, I, I would make friends with uh, the wide area workflow liaison so I could say, hey, call this guy, or in this case, it was a guy, <laughs> to make sure you get paid. Because I'm not in the process. I'm not approving it. However, it's my contract. So I'm responsible for making sure that the contractor can perform and they can't do that if they're not getting paid. Yeah, as a contracting officer, I knew nothing about the invoicing and payment process except for the occasional call of, hey, I didn't get paid. What happened? And then somebody give me you some more information learning. so that I can do a contract mod. But behind the scenes, contracting officers are not generally part of the whole payment process. That doesn't mean you shouldn't call them if something's wrong and you're not getting paid, but you got to understand the power to get you paid is in others' hands. From the industry side, like you said, Kevin, you can't get paid unless you use these systems and, and understand how to use them. It is common for an invoice to get rejected multiple times because it, it's not correct in the system. You know, like, like I was describing, one wrong digit can doom you. But once you learn the system and you get that first invoice in, it gets much easier and some other good news, the help desks for IPP and wide area workflow are usually very helpful, un unusually helpful, I, I would say. They, they understand that payments are important. And when you have a problem, you can usually get help resolving it really quickly and, and easily. Even talk to a live human. Yeah, and that's worth noting. Try getting a hold of a live human in most of the systems where you get put in an endless loop of, of push three for this, push four for that. All right, Kevin, any last thoughts? On the government side, we're government, say we, government's a pretty good payer. Uh, once you manage the invoice process, I mean, there's, there's a, you can get stuck into this, this cast, we'll call it a, a timing cascade where the person that has to press the button, they happen to be on leave, they get back, they press button at the same person, same time that somebody goes on training and then here comes the holidays. And so you could end up with it taking longer, but once you get it into the system, 
it's all automated. And once it's working right, it's really efficient, which is why as contracting officers, we often didn't deal with it because it was just happening. It's one of the systems you take for granted when it works. And then when it doesn't, you get a call. So make sure you understand enough about the process for when you get that call from a contractor because getting paid is obviously really important. Yeah, in general, if the government has 30 days to pay an invoice, they don't wait till that 30th day to pay like like a private company would do to, to hold on to the money. In most cases, once the invoice is approved, it gets paid. So you can get paid in, in a week or two weeks if, if everybody's pushing their, clicking their buttons fast enough. The key for industry folks is understanding the contract payment instructions and getting that information entered in right the first time. Yeah, we could have called this episode the first invoice because that's the hard one. <laughs> that's the hard one. Once you get past that, it is a lot easier. All right. I think that's it for today, Kevin. I'll talk to you later. Great. I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you're confused about the payment process or the payment instructions in your contract, Skyway Acquisition's team of former contracting officers is here to help through custom consulting and training. Visit us at skywayacq.com or give us a call at 877-884-5280. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.